Love Talk Radio. Gonna tell you a little bedtime tale, legend it will become. Burgers flying out the door, sail on. Two for one, no concern for the future. Living for today. Fast food bite on your way, lay it all to waste. The masses are afflicted now. Moo, mad cow. Mad cow. Mad cow, mad cow, line dance song. Hey, Sign Guy Nation. Welcome to the show here on another Friday afternoon. Sign Guy with you as usual. Some show notes for today. If you're looking for some pro wrestling, tonight, WCWO at 10151 South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana, as usual. GNPW in Paris, Kentucky. You have uh, Paragon Pro Wrestling having joint shows later tonight in Indianapolis, Indiana. ICW in Indianapolis, Indiana tonight. AAW in Marionette Park, Illinois. CWA in North Vernon, Indiana. FGW in Hamilton, Ohio. St. Louis Anarchy in St. Louis, Missouri. OVW in Bargetown, Kentucky tonight. Tomorrow night, DCW in Salt Lake City, Utah. Supreme Wrestling in Madison, Indiana. WDWA in Martinsburg, West Virginia. AZW in Shopville, Kentucky. SSW in Great Tennessee. WTF in Carmel, Indiana. MCIW in Decatur, Indiana. PPW in Pelham, North Carolina. XVW in Dayton, Ohio. NWF in Covington, Kentucky. And you can find myself in McCleary, Washington tomorrow at the Bear Festival for Northwest Pro Wrestling. That is a brand new show just announced that they had put together that show last minute but if you are at the Bear Festival anywhere near McCleary Washington stop on by you can catch some Northwest Pro Wrestling tomorrow night so get out there support your local independent pro wrestling wherever you have it near you lots going on this week so Find yourself a show near you and support, support, support. Well, it looks like both QT Volks and my guests are running late today, so we will improvise a bit. If you happen to be anywhere near where John Davidson of MRT is, remind him he does have an interview right now. He's supposed to be on the air in an interview discussing all things MRT and Jackson Bourne. Also, if you see QT Vokes, remind him he is supposed to be on the air right now. Hopefully he's not taking the call from old thumbs up Lance Dean, getting some misguided insider information, but the chances are high that he actually is. But 
with all that aside, I will remind you, you can also find me later this month on the 30th of July back at the mall in Port Orchard, Washington. That is for Northwest Pro. Also, the 31st, two big shows you can find me, the debut of Glamour, the Pacific Northwest brand new all-female promotion that is at the E Peninsula Civic Center in Vaughan, Washington. And following that show will be Northwest Pro. So back-to-back shows, two separate shows. You have Glamour and the Northwest Pro on the 31st. Still nothing from our guests or QT Vokes. It's a little awkward. A little bit awkward. But bear with us, folks. And for your listening pleasure, I shall read to you from a book. Allow me one moment while I go grab a book from the bookshelf and we will try to see if buying some time from the reading of a book will in fact pay off as we will see hopefully our guest and or QT appear. One moment as I grab this book and I have the book liberated from my bookshelf Pioneers of Professional Wrestling, 1860 through 1899 is the name of this book. I shall read to you a passage from that. Hopefully it will be captivating for you. I will flip to page 72 and featured in this book is Tom Jenkins. One-Eye, they call him. He was born August 3, 1872 in Bedford, Ohio. Died June 19, 1957. Years active in pro wrestling were 1891 through 1905. Just a brief biography. Tom Jenkins was born in Bedford, Ohio in 1872 to Welsh parents. He was a rowdy youth and often in trouble with the law. After a 4th of July explosive blew up in his face, he lost an eye, was bedridden in a darkened room for a year, and ordered by doctors never to read. He wore a glass eye for the rest of his life. After recovering, he found employment with the American Wire and Steel Mill in Newburgh, Ohio. His job was a dangerous task called roughing which consisted of grabbing red-hot 100-pound iron bars and bending them through rollers. This job taught chickens to be quick, develop neck and arm strength, and put calluses on his hands. During their noonday rest, the workers would wrestle and bump two matches, and Jenkins stood, gained a reputation as the best wrestler in the mill. In 1891, the mill held a benefit for an injured worker in a town hall. Along with singers and dancers, the event also featured a wrestling match with Al Woods. When his opponent didn't show up, 
the workers volunteered the 18-year-old Jenkins to take on the pro. Although Jenkins had no formal training, Woods was unable to throw him, and they wrestled to a draw. Impressed with his abilities, the mill manager sent Jenkins to Luke Lamb in Cleveland for formal wrestling lessons. His next match was against local pro Pete Schumacher, whom he defeated in two straight falls in just over an hour. His fellow workers were so thrilled by his success that they wrecked the club hosting the event, so the entire purse was taken to cover repair costs. After this, Jenkins quit the mill and embarked on a full-time wrestling career, but unable to read, he was swindled by a number of crooked managers until he teamed up with the well-known sports manager and promoter, George Tooley, in 1895. Together, they would dominate the heavyweight ranks for several years. Well, there's a brief biography of Tom Jenkins, One-Eye, they used to call him, back in the late 1800s and early 1900s. But our guest, and QT still missing after several minutes. Aha, there might be our guest. Let me see if we can bring him on. Hello? We have John Davidson with us. Yes, you do. Well, my apologies for being late. I had to get somewhere quiet. Well, is it a library? Because that's usually quiet. No, sir. I had to get. I had to have a chance to get down to my media room. Um, I was taking care of some personal business. I do apologize for being late. No problem. I kept the audience absolutely enthralled by reading to them from a book called Pioneers of Professional Wrestling, 1860 through 1899. That's a really good read. I hear. It's I, not I too read bad. I haven't read the book myself, but uh, next time um, I'm around you, I'd like to borrow that book if I could. That's fine. I will put it in my bag. Thank you so much. No problem. Well, since you were on the show previously, it is not your first time with us, but I do want to ask you, since... uh, the fans may have forgotten in that time. Can you tell us how you broke into the pro wrestling industry? Um, I broke into the pro wrestling industry in 2017 um, in Oroville, California. Um, I I got my show bite uh, from a Lee Perfetto, and uh, I, he was running a show. Um, Reading Invasion Pro Wrestling, and I helped him out with Ring Crew, and did a few did a few things, and I had a security spot that I did. And uh, right after that show, I asked him, "Hey, how can I get trained?" And uh, he referred me to Pro Championship Wrestling in Oroville, California, and I trained with them for some time, and then moved to Washington. Now, what was it, once you got to Washington, that attracted you to Jackson Bourne and his group, MRT? It seemed like as soon as you got here to Washington, you were 
saddling up to them and being part of that group? I started out with at uh, Cascade Championship Wrestling when I got here. Uh, it was my foot in the door into the Pacific Northwest, and I'm grateful for their help um, getting my foot in that door. Um, uh, when I when I met Jackson, it was on Facebook. I I friended him, and then I sent him a message, uh, letting him know who I was and that I was a manager and things like that. And uh, we hit it. We he had me meet him at one of his lo- favorite local hangouts, and uh, I went. And we had a conversation, and he told me about World Underground Wrestling, and I was interested in it. And he told me about MRT and what MRT stood for, which we we look out for the underdog. Uh, we, we always back the lo- the little guy. Uh, we don't like bullies. We don't. You know, we, we we like the positive things in life. We like uplifting our neighbors and our our, our fellow man, um, and helping them out when we can. Um, so we we he told me about all this, and he asked me if I wanted to be a part of Mercenary Response Team, MRT, and uh, I told him, yeah, I, I I'd like to do that. And we hit it off from there. Uh, we hang out all the time. We're in constant talks together. Uh, we share ideas. Um, I, I'm sorry he couldn't be here today, but he gets off of work in about an hour. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we, we hit it off pretty well. We've been working together uh, here at my home um, on different things, uh, performance things. Uh, so my... My performance as a rookie has stepped up a little bit, um, and uh, my gear has stepped up quite a bit, and we're we're working together as a team. And I I, I like the man. I, I'm grateful he took me under his wing and uh, passed down some of his knowledge so far in the last two years. Now. In the last time that I saw you, you were not in the greatest of positions as the Woo America show closed out a few weeks ago. You were held in the clutches of Mr. Sexy Pants Paul Preston, and it seemed like he and ring announcer Mean Mark Ferguson were doing some diabolical things to you. Can you tell us exactly what happened to you and what your current health status is after that? Well, as soon as, as soon as I stepped backstage, um, into the locker room, uh, they beat on me. Um, and they, they drug me out by, by headlock out to the audience. And I, I'm not too happy about them putting their hands on me. And, you know, as a manager, I can't do anything about it, but tell my client about it and let my client handle it in, in the middle of the ring. Um, but I, I, I'm not too happy about it, them putting their hands on me at all. Um, I, have, I had some bruised ribs. Um, my jaw hurt a little bit. Um, and I, I, I was just out of breath. I, I'm feeling a little better now. Uh, the, the, the bruised ribs are feeling a little better. My jaw feels a little better. I can talk. I can eat now. Um, and I, I just don't like how they manhandled me. 
and I, I want some I want management to do upper management to do something about that. I think they should be fined for putting their hands on me. Well, at that show was the commissioner Henry Miller. He seemingly did nothing. He watched you get manhandled by Mr. Pants and by Mean Mark, who's always been a diabolical presence at Woo America. After you saw that nothing was done by Hank Miller, what do you think the chances are that you will see some type of formal retribution through the company? Do you think that there's a way to go over the head of Hank Miller and get some fines levied or some suspensions? Or do you think you have to have a meeting with Hank Miller and plead your case? Maybe he fell asleep during the matches and didn't see what happened to you. I think Hank Miller was paid off. I think Mr. Wow. Miller was paid off to look the other way. I think he was, because if he sat and watched the whole thing and didn't do anything about it, I think he was paid off to look the other way. And something needs to be done about that. Now, are you going to lead the charge to have Hank Miller removed from his position at Woo America? No, I don't think he should be removed from his position. I think he should be reprimanded, but I don't think he should be removed from his position. That's a little hard. Well, it is, but he did just stand there and stare at you as you were being led around by Mr. Pence, which, in fact, led to the distraction that caused Jackson Bourne to lose his Woo America championship after a record-setting reign. Now, I... I... I think that Jackson should be granted a rematch because of that. Well, he lost to Paul Cerberus, and Paul Cerberus has been around for a very, very, very long time. And he's not one to grant immediate rematches if he gets a championship. Well, I, I'm I'm petitioning for a rematch because it, it needs to happen. That distraction was totally it, it it wasn't it wasn't legal. It wasn't supposed to happen. And I, I think that my client was done unfairly. Now to say that it was an illegal distraction are you questioning the judgment of the official in charge of the match that was officially officiating the official championship match for the official company. I, I don't think that he was paying attention very well. That's harsh. I know him fairly well. I've never known him to not pay attention during the match. I think maybe since there was no physical interference towards a legal participant in the ring, his hands were pretty much tied. You can't disqualify someone for touching someone not legally taking part in the match. There are laws and bylaws in the Washington State Wrestling Rule Book. Okay. But I, I, 
I think that something should be done about that. And I think that that Jackson Bourne does deserve a rematch. No, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a rematch. I'm just saying to question the official's judgment and say he allowed illegal things to take part in the ring in front of him might be a little misguided. Might be. But I'd have to watch the footage again. I have the footage, and I'd have to watch the footage again, and I'd have to watch it a little bit more closely before I start. I, I apologize for throwing out an accusation. Maybe I need to look at the footage a little bit more closely next time. Now, since the incident, have you been able to watch the footage at all, or is it still something that is too traumatic for you to sit and view at this point? Oh, no, I've, I've watched the footage, but I, I wasn't able to fully pay attention because I have children and they have needs themselves. So I wasn't able to fully sit down in silence and actually 100% pay attention. That's why I said maybe I should watch the footage again before I start throwing out accusations, and I apologize. All right. Well, fairly recently, you were on an episode of The Sign of the Times, and you were very, very interested in getting your hands on some Demon and Bunny coffee, which is a delicious coffee. Can you let our viewers know if you, in fact, have sampled that delicious Demon and Bunny coffee? I have not had a chance yet to sample the Demon and Bunny coffee, um, but I, I am planning on buying at least a one-pound bag. It's a very good coffee. Now, you mentioned in that episode that you're a fan of the Death Wish coffee. What caused you to gravitate towards Death Wish coffee? Well, I, I, I saw it, and I had never seen Death Wish coffee before. and it was, on, it was on the Safeway shelf. So I went on ahead, and I grabbed, I grabbed a box of 12 pods. Um, and I took it home, and I had a cup. Um, I like my, my coffee light and sweet, so I make my coffee with cream and sugar, and I sat down, and I had a cup, and it, it blew me away. It was mind-blowing. It, it, it just made my taste buds have a New Year's Eve party. I mean, it was great. You say you like your coffee light and sweet. Do you ever go up to people and order a cup of coffee and tell them that you'll have it the same way that you enjoy Mean Mark Ferguson? No, sir. It it might get you a light, sweet cup of coffee. I don't know. I never tried it because I like my coffee like I like my blue-collar wrestling booker. Um, Well, I mean, I I don't have any problem with Mike Ferguson, but I – I, I've never met the man before. I'd love to shake hands with him. I'd love to be on the show. Um, I, I couldn't say that I like my coffee like him because I've never met him before. He was your ring announcer at the last Woo America show. I didn't. Wow. Wow. 
Things yeah, happened so quick. All, all I was told was, you know, do my job, and I did it. <laughs> wow. You might want to commit the man's my name apology. to memory, especially after he helps brutally assault you. Yeah, I, I've been having some trouble. To I have to admit, I've had some trouble with my memory a little bit. They they did kind of ring my bell some. Were you perhaps trained by Hank Miller? No, sir. Okay. Now, one of the things you mentioned, of course, was uh, coming from Spokane and Spokane to Kitsap County, Washington, is a pretty good haul. I know you've made some other pretty decent trips in your day. What to date has been your longest trip? Longest trip would have to be South Dakota. That is kind of far. Yeah, I took that trip uh, with um, Chris Brady. Wonderful guy to travel with. Wonderful guy. Uh, I took that trip with Chris Brady, and, yeah, it was a pretty long haul. (laughs) Uh, There's not a ton of wrestling in either one of the Dakotas. There is some. My arch nemesis, Eugene Dinsmore, runs a promotion in South Dakota. and We Mm -hmm. have had guests that have wrestled in the various North Dakota promotions, but from what you could tell from your experiences there, how were the wrestling fans there in the Dakotas? When we did, when we went in October of this past year, there were no fans. Uh, we did uh, videotaping because of COVID. So there were no fans, um, just videotaping and us. And it, it was it was okay. It was okay. It was okay. And when you go on a long trip like that, often you kind of learn by trial and error uh, things that will and won't work for you on the road, uh, like things that you would and wouldn't pack in your bag, things that you. Uh, would and would not do as far as uh, stopping, eating, things of that nature. What are some of the travel tips that you could pass on to young wrestlers that you learned from that particular long trip? If you want to save money on eating, cook your own meals. Pack your own meals. If you want to save money on eating and you're on a certain diet, pack your own meals because road food is full of calories and full of fattening things. And most of the places that we go, McDonald's and things like that, that's not food. That's filler. So if you want a nutritious meal, pack your own meal. Not bad advice at all there. Now, in addition to uh, working in the Dakotas and working for Woo America and uh, having experience there in Spokane, you also 
shortly before the shutdown in Washington were working for CPW up in Marysville, Washington. What can you tell us about how you hooked up with CPW and what you've been doing for that company? Um, I I had heard about CPW from the locker rooms, um, and I got in touch with their promoter, uh, Yvonne Sieber. Love that woman to death. Um, <laughs> I call her boss lady, affectionately. Um, I, I got in touch with her, and she said, sure, come on out, and uh, we'll give you a shot. And she gave me my shot, and now I have a home. <laughs> I, I love working with them. I can't wait till they pick up and start, and start doing shows again because COVID is over. Well, the shutdown's over. Um, anyway, I can't wait to get them back because I want to bring Jackson Bourne there and let him do his thing and, you know, just have fun with it. Jackson can't wait to go either. He That's all he talks about, CPW. He can't wait to go. I, I can't wait to wrestle for Yvonne. Um, I can't wait to, to show the fans what I can do there. Um, you know, he's he's really, really, really motivated. Now, at uh, CPW, uh, they were running the uh, theater there in Marysville, and that was kind of a unique uh, venue. They had their own little uh, coffee shop there adjacent to the uh, main room where we had the wrestling. It was a pretty unique little setup there. I know you've been at some unique venues in your day for different shows. What would you say has been the most unique venue where you've applied your trade? I think the the most the most unique and odd venue I've been to would have to be Cinco de Mayo in the Bay Area of California. I had only been training for about five, six months and they wanted to give me some exposure. So I went to a Cinco de Mayo celebration and in the Bay Area and we did the venue was under a freeway overpass. <laughs> that is sort of unique. Yes, I've not heard that one before. There were streets and sidewalks and things going on, but there there was this one spot where we could go down and hold the venue, and they had a wrestling ring there, and it was fun. I had never done anything like that before. As someone that has been both in the wrestling aspect and the managing aspect, I know that you understand how merchandising has become an important part of professional wrestling, especially the era that we're in now since a lot of places still have restrictions on how many fans can be at a show, so merchandising can usually help put some extra money in the pockets where you normally wouldn't get that. What is your merchandising game like now, be it as an individual or as part of MRT? Um, Sorry about that. There's a train going in the background. 
Um, my merchandise um, is I have shirts uh, that my brother had made. Um, they're, they're madness T-shirts. He, he created them himself before he passed away. Um, and I'm selling those shirts. Uh, you can get a hold of me um, through Facebook. Uh, as far as MRT merchandise goes, uh, we're still working. We've got some test items that we can that we can put out there. Uh, we've got face masks. We've got if you're still into wearing those, uh, we've got face masks. Um, we're working on T-shirts, things like that. Um, yeah. We're, we're working on a few things, um, trying to get some action figures together. Um, I have one, one right now that I'm going to sell for $60, um, and that's available through me. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Facebook, and then we can work things out through PayPal. Um, but we're, we are working on T-shirts. We're working on all kinds of different merchandise right now. No, uh, but it hasn't come to fruition yet, so we haven't had any delivery. Well, at this point in time, my co-host QT Vokes is standing by. I know he has questions, so does be with you as I pass things over to QT for a bit. Okay. Well, thank you, Sangai. How are you doing? How are you doing? Well, I'm doing very well, very good on this uh Sunny uh, Thursday, I mean Friday. Friday. All right. Yes, sir, Sunny Friday. Oh, Monday, yes. John, if Jackson Bourne could travel back in time and be on the set of Friends, how well could he have held his own against the other cast of Friends while dancing in the fountain? Could he have held his own uh, dancing against Joey Tribbiani or Rachel Green? Oh, I believe so. I believe he could handle himself quite well. Well, who would he who would he dance well with uh, uh, the most? Joey Tribbiani or uh, Rachel Green or maybe uh, Phoebe? I think she, he would dance pretty well with Rachel Green. Oh, okay, Rachel Green. Okay, very good. <laughs> Cast friends. All right. Well, John, have you ever been offered to drink? from the moonshine jug that Paul Moonshine carries to the ring. No, I have not. I haven't had that pleasure yet. <laughs> Are there any truths to the rumors out of Shelton, Washington, that you yourself had an offer to join the moonshine team? No. I, I, I will never join the moonshine team. I am MRT through and through. Oh, Okay. Does the team of MRT have a secret handshake or gang signal? No. No secret handshake like uh, no secret handshake like Barney and Fred on the Flintstones. They had a secret no. uh, club handshake. No. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to okay. talk to Jackson, though, and see if we can get one going. I, in all my years of, of wrestling, I don't think I've ever seen a manager and uh, his protege have a secret handshake. I don't think so. Maybe sunny days. Yes. Well, I think we're just going to have to, you know, remedy that. And uh, MRT will probably, by, by next show, September 18th at Woo, 
uh, America, I think uh, we're going to have to have a secret handshake. Wow, an MRT secret handshake inspired by Turnbuckle Turmoil. This is huge. Okay. Yes, okay. thank you. And, and we will give Turnbuckle Turmoil the credit for the inspiration. Thank you. We'll look forward to that. Okay, very good. All right. Well, John, do you know if Eugene Densmore is in any way related to the drummer of the Doors, John Densmore, and has Jackson Bourne you ever used the song Spanish Caravan by the Doors or Soul Kitchen as his entrance music? I I don't know if he's used that. Um, before I met him, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some research on that. Wow. Wow. Well, okay. I'll let you. If you're going to be in the show mm-hmm. September 18th, I'll let you know. Oh, okay. Do you know if Eugene Eugene Densmore has the same DNA as John Densmore? I do not. Okay, okay. Will you yourself, as a homework assignment, uh, listen to Spanish Caravan by the Doors on YouTube and report back to Sign Guy? I'll report back to Sign Guy September 18th. Yes, I can do that. Okay. Okay. Well, John, have you ever taken flight from the top turnbuckle like a kamikaze in flight in World War II at the Battle of Midway? No, I have not. Do you yourself know know how many uh, Japanese aircraft carriers were sunk at Midway? Oh, history, history, history. (laughs) No. How many? There were four. Four? Wow. Four. Including the Hairu and the Akagai. I know those are two of them. Wow. The more you know. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, John, were you, where would you rather be imprisoned? Uh, at the German prisoner of war camp Bergen-Belsen, or the maximum security prison at Pelican Bay, California, that holds many of the Crips and Blood Street gang members, plus the infamous killer, Tukey Williams. Who would you rather read all that? I, I think I would like to be in prison in Pelican Bay, because Germany has some pretty tough prisons. Uh, yes, and Bergen-Belsen was, was one of the worst. And it's pretty haunted, Bergen-Belsen. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I only, I only mention this to you because John Lydon of the Sex Pistols had a song, Belsen Was a Gas. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, John... If Jackson Bourne had the part of Leonardo DiCaprio in the film Titanic and he ended up in the water with the rich girl, would he have demanded that she get in the water and he should lay on the board because he knew he was going to wrestle in the Roaring Twenties? No. I, I think he would, he would stay in the water himself and leave the lady on the board. No, I think, that's, yeah. I, that's I, the kind of man. 
he, he has some chivalry with him, okay? Chivalry's not dead when it comes to my client. Oh, okay. All right, very good. Okay. Well, John, when you first got to Washington, did you demand that Jackson Bourne run up the sides of Mount Rainier to strengthen his lower legs? No. How about Mount St. Helens? No. Oh, okay. Well, that's a, okay. Just uh, just doing uh, squats by the roadside, maybe at a at the Tudor Lake rest stop. Squat. Quite possible. Quite possible. Oh, okay. He'd All right. make me get down and do them with him, and I, I would gladly do it. You know, oh. just for support for my client, I would gladly get down and do calisthenics with him. All right. Okay. Okay. Well, John, if MRT, if MRT could travel back in time, could they fit in at the finest boarding schools of New England where the wealth, wealthy and socially connected frolic in the exclusive polo grounds of the Hamptons, a place where wealthy Triple H trained? Could MRT fit in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Definitely. Wow. I, okay. All right. Uh, John, will you try and get Jackson Bourne in a bull rope match in 2022? Huh. That sounds like an idea. Inspired by Turnbuckle Turmoil. Yes, a bull rope match. Yes, with a cowbell on in the middle of the rope. He's been in a bull rope match before. Um but I think he could do it again. Okay. I don't think All right. have a problem. Well, John, how well could the nerds have done in the Greek games on Revenge of the Nerds in the tug-of-war tug uh, contest if Jackson Bourne himself could have been on the sides of the nerds? I, I think they would have won. <laughs> oh, Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they could have beat the uh, Tri Lambdas. No, not the oh, Tri Lambdas. The Alpha Betas with. Alpha beta, um, yes, I, yes I, I think they would have beat the Alpha Beta. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Well, John, if you could travel back in time and talk to Jim Carrey on the set of Dumb and Dumber, do you believe that you could give, convince Jim to have Jackson Bourne? Take on the role of sea bass. I, I think <laughs> first of all, I'd have to stop laughing long enough to talk with him um, because the man is so funny. Uh, I, I I think I could talk him into it. It would take some doing, but I think I could talk him into it. Oh, okay, all right. How well do you believe? that Jackson Bourne could could do on that scene when he was in the diner and he got hit with a salt shaker. Do you think he could have done very well? Uh, it, I think Jackson has some self-control. I think he would have done quite well. Who's the guy that hit me with a salt shaker? I think Jackson could handle that line pretty well. Yeah, he, he could handle it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, at this time, I'm going to give it back over to Sign Guy, and thank you for answering uh, the questions. And uh, if you can, 
Try to take Jackson Bourne aside and recreate the or the scene from the Titanic with you lying on the board. Can you do that? Okay. Oh, okay. Back to you, Sangre. Thank you, QT. Well, John, you said earlier that when you went to the Dakotas, it was uh, filmed in an empty arena which I presume was for use to stream the show at a later time. Streaming shows has been uh, something that, especially in this era, is more commonplace. There are a lot of streaming services that fans can pay a subscription to see, such as IWTV, uh, Powerbomb.tv, Fight TV, a lot of the major national companies carry their own networks. The argument against streaming shows in this fashion is that some people feel it takes away from people going to the local arenas and attending the matches when they can pay a similar fee, if not less, to see them at their home on television. What's your thoughts on streaming shows and do you think it is overall healthy or a hindrance to getting more people to come out to the arena to watch wrestling? I think, you know, I think streaming shows are all right um, because there are people that can't make it to the shows that would like to see the show. You know, um, there are people on, on the east side of Washington that would love to come see our shows um, at Woo America and at CPW um, that can't make it. So, you know, it, it's nice to have those streaming shows so they can actually see the action going on instead of having to wait. They can see the action as it happens right then and there, like uh, watching it on Twitch, you know. But it's it's really really nice to have it's nice to have fans in the seats too because we we it it's their energy that that we feed from you know um, it was really hard to be honest it was really hard to do that that taping because I had to find energy from somewhere else and uh, having the fans there cheering it, it kind of helps so you know we we love to have fans in the seats. But if you can't make it, then a streaming show is, is, you know, it's the next best thing to being there. Do you personally, when you're on shows that either live stream or do a taping so they can be uh, shown at a later time, find yourself working differently in those situations than you would if it was a show exclusively to be seen by the people live in the arena? It, it is different. It's kind of different because there it's, wow. It's just, it's hard to find the words for this. <laughs> um, it's it is different because you there's no no one there. 
you know, when you're taping, there's there's no one there. And when you're when you're in front of the crowd, you it's a different energy. There's a different energy. There's a different a different feel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I can definitely understand that. Now, one of the things that a lot of wrestlers struggled with to a large degree when things were shut down in their particular area, whether they had lost a month or they lost a year or what have you, was conditioning. A lot of wrestlers that uh, returned returned in less than peak form, uh, whether they just did not have access to gyms anymore or whether they uh, were going through a depression due to the shutdown or what have you, they just didn't have that conditioning down. What did you do for your own conditioning and potentially for your client Jackson Bourne's conditioning in order to make sure you were going to be ready once shows were back up and running again? I say we because we did it together. Uh, Jackson and I both went on a diet. Um, We stopped eating uh, pork. We stopped, you know, uh, eating so much red meat. We went more, I went more of a, you know, a a pro-veggie diet. Um, pro-vegetarian, almost vegan, but not quite. Um, and Jackson was headed that way too, uh, but he was working on portion control and we were working on uh, calisthenics. We were walking a lot. Uh, we were just trying to get out there and, and do physical things. Um, and uh, we... we we did pretty well. I mean, we, we came back in, in less than top form, but uh, we were wor- we're working on it still, and we'll never stop until we get to the way we want to be. And, and um, we're always looking to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. So, um, you know, we 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 try. What do you usually do at this point in time as far as a training regimen and conditioning regimen? I know that Jackson was off for well over a year, but uh, since things have opened up and he's back in the ring, what have you done in recent times to make sure he is ring ready? So if Paul Cerberus were to grant a rematch, and he was to go after that title again, he'd stand the biggest odds of winning. Uh, we, we've been working, we've been training, we've been uh, we've been running and um, doing quite a few things. Um, we've been running, we've been uh, doing walks, we've been you know trying to keep our cardio up. I, I, I think that Jackson can handle it. One of the things that all of us in wrestling have happened to us is 
injury, uh, whether it's a minor thing or something major happens, we all get them from time to time. It's the nature of the sport, the nature of the wrestling business. What are some of the injuries that you had to help your client overcome? And obviously you talked about what happened at the last Woo America show, but have you had other injuries for you personally to overcome so far? Um, I myself have an injury right now. It wasn't related to the Woo America show. Um, I I tore my labrum and uh, I tore it in half, so I'm waiting on surgery for that. I also tore my rotator cuff in half. Um, that happened about four years ago. Um, <laughs> And uh, I just haven't had a chance to look at it yet. But during COVID, I was having it looked at. And I got an MRI done uh, a couple of weeks back. And now I'm waiting on a surgery date. So, but as as far as Jackson's concerned, um, his injuries, he, I've been helping him stretch with his injuries. I've helped him, um, pretty much overcome some of the things that he's gone through. Uh, he had a similar injury uh, to mine uh, that he had surgery uh, quite a few years back, um, but he's he's in good shape right now. Now, if there's anyone listening to this right now and they would be interested in being your surgery date and going on a date with you to surgery, how would they do that? Um, they could they could follow on Facebook uh because I'm gonna I'm gonna go all through it um uh, from surgery date till the end of my surgery and um I'll be keeping a daily blog of my recovery and for through my rehab as far as uh physical therapy goes and things like that. I'll be keeping a daily blog so they can follow that. Well, we are down to the last few minutes, and I want to make sure you have ample opportunity. So if there's anything you would like to say to the listeners, plug and promote anything you want, upcoming shows, merchandise, social medias, your favorite laundromat, anything in the world, floor is all yours. Sure. I'd like to see all of you come to our show in Vaughn, Washington. at the Key Peninsula, it's the Key Peninsula Event Center, I believe, uh, on September 18th. Um, I believe show is going to start at 6 or 7. Um, you can find Jackson and I on uh, Facebook. You can find him under Jackson Bourne. Uh, you can also find him uh, on Instagram under Jackson Bourne. Uh, you can find me um, on both as far as Facebook and Instagram goes uh, under John Davidson, and you can follow us through our whole career. Uh, you can also find Jackson Bourne and MRT on YouTube.com. All right, and I believe, because I found this just the other day, I didn't know it existed, but on Jackson Bourne's YouTube page, there was a tag team match. They almost killed that idiot Darth Carta. They were close to 
eliminating him, but they didn't quite finish the job. I watched him get squashed by Tyson the Tank over and over and over and over again. I thought I thought that was quite funny. <laughs> I thought it was that. funny, ha-ha, because I hate that idiot. And Tyson the Tank dropped 400 pounds right on his chest, and then Kevin Sullivan and his guys beat him up for like 10 more minutes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of funny. That was that was before my time with MRT, but I thought it was kind of funny. Because <laughs> I don't like Darth Carter either. I think QT might be the only person that does. <laughs> well, we're just about out of time here, so I want to thank you very much for being on today. We definitely appreciate it. Best of luck to you as you get well from that heinous attack by Mr. Pants and presumably Mean Mark, whom you had totally forgotten you worked with just a few short <laughs> weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, if they hadn't have rung my bell, I think I would have remembered. Possibly. But that Mean Mark's a hard one to forget. Yeah. All right, well, fans, as we wrap up, I want to mention some sad news here. Uh, we had a couple of Unfortunate passings in the wrestling business this week. Uh, last week, um, we lost a member of the wrestling fraternity, and then this week, we uh, that being Dale Wilkes, the former Patriot, the former Trooper from the AWA, and then this week, uh, just the other day, we lost Chris Youngblood, who was a fixture in the Global Wrestling Federation, and for WCW in the early 90s. He was also a long, long-time fixture in the Pacific Northwest where he wrestled several independent shows every year. So we want to send well wishes out to their families and fans. And as we close out in their honor, we will do the traditional 10-bell salute. Thank you.